Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. Let the financial fun begin. Today, we are talking about financial hangovers, and I think this is a fun time of year. Personally, there's a lot of different traditions, all the holidays and the gatherings and the Christmas music and Christmas movies and Thanksgiving stuff. Uh, A lot of us, of course, we overdo it, right? I think that's a common thing that people do on Thanksgiving is they eat way too much. All the food and the treats and things like that are so good that we just want a little bit more. So today, we're going to talk about how to avoid a financial hangover. And it's important because this time of year, there's a lot of people that do tend to overdo it, lots of stuff. It could be on shopping, for example, or spending money. And after the fact, it just does not feel good. In other words, after January 1 and people start to look at their bank statements or their credit card statements or whatever they're looking at for their finances, a lot of people go into the new year and it just does not feel very good, even though it might have been a lot of fun at the time. Back in my early career, my first job as a financial representative was back at John Deere Community Credit Union. That credit union doesn't even exist anymore. I think it's gone through some mergers, some acquisitions, but it was my first financial job and it was a lot of fun, actually. I started out as a bank teller. And I quickly got promoted to a financial representative, opening accounts, helping people with that stuff, and then moved on to loans, helping people with their car loans and mortgages, things like that. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that environment and I enjoyed learning about money. That really planted a lot of the seeds for where I am today because I got to move on to the financial planning and investment world. But back then, it was kind of funny because the credit union had this product that it was a type of account actually called the Christmas Club account. And some of you may have remembered they used to do this at some of the credit unions, especially used to offer a Christmas club account. Maybe some of them still do, but it was quite simple. What a Christmas club account was, is that you had this separate account and it was called Christmas club account. And what it was is a separate savings account that every paycheck or every month, there was an automatic transfer that went from your checking account into that Christmas club account. And the whole point of it was by the time that Christmas rolled around, the credit union then would automatically transfer the balance of that Christmas club account into your checking account. And of course, that would be your money to spend on Christmas. And so the Christmas club account worked quite well for people from a budgeting standpoint. It's kind of funny. It's a throwback, right? But really, the whole point of that account was to help people avoid a financial hangover that they might be experiencing if they get to Christmas time and realize, holy cow, I'm overspending. I don't have enough money to be able to buy the stuff that I wanted to or had the experiences that I'd want to. Or even worse, they put it on credit cards and January rolls around and all of a sudden people are getting statements, statement balances they can't pay off. For those of you who have been on the podcast for a while, you know that carrying certain debts, especially credit card debt, can just be a financial burden that's hard to get out of. That's because the interest is so high on those things. It's no wonder the banks have these big stadiums and buildings and beautiful things right with their name on them because they make a lot of money. Uh, They're pretty good at this business, actually. They know that there are a certain percentage of people that will carry a balance on their credit card, will not be able to pay it off right away, 
and then we'll be paying 20 something percent. That's on average. People are paying 20 percent plus on their credit card balances. Then some people get stuck in this cycle where they continually carry credit card balances for months and months and months on end. Uh, easily ends up eating up whatever miles or points or whatever it was that you thought that you were doing it for. Not to put them down, of course, banks, credit unions, they're there for a reason. And if we didn't have a banking system, that would be really bad. But it's certainly something that we can take too far, right? Just like a hangover, we could have too much and it ends up becoming an unhealthy thing from a financial standpoint. Now, with that in mind, you could be doing something like a Christmas club account. And the whole point really of doing that back in the day was planning ahead, knowing that there's going to be a certain time of year that I probably will have higher expenses than during other parts of the year. So I need to plan ahead for that. Planning ahead really means being thoughtful about expenses, knowing that there's kind of a cadence that most people go through year after year. It's usually not a surprise, in other words, that Christmas comes along. It comes up every year, right? And <laughs> there are certain things that we tend to do. We tend to like to go out and buy gifts and shop and things like that. Or again, maybe it, for you, it's travel. Maybe it's not buying a lot of gifts. Maybe you're trying to help the kids or grandkids get back and get together for a family gathering. Bottom line, though, is it could be an expensive time of year, much more expensive than other times of the year. So planning ahead and knowing that there's probably some mechanism that you can put into place. And the banks and credit unions are very good at this. There's all kinds of tools and automatic transfers and things like that. You could certainly sit down with your bank representative, your credit union representative, and say, you know what, even if you don't have a Christmas club account, I'd really like something like this, where we could automatically have something pulled aside, saved up, so when these large expenses come up, we don't have a big surprise. A lot of our clients have done this, and we can see this, right, because we can see their entire financial picture. Sometimes people will have several types of savings accounts where they might have a travel account. They might have a vehicle account to replace a vehicle. That could be several years, right, that they're accumulating enough payments into that that it ends up buying that next vehicle. So none of these things should be surprises, but sometimes they are. Sometimes Murphy's Law has an effect, and we'll talk about that, right, as far as some ways to avoid uh, the unexpected disasters that could happen that maybe we didn't even plan on having too much, right? But we end up having too much just because it was unexpected. So that's one thing to keep in mind is planning ahead, uh, budgeting. Most people don't like the word budgeting, but actually budgeting, at least having a plan. It may not be perfect. It may not be down to the dime, right? As far as your expenses, but having some framework as far as how much do we tend to spend on a monthly basis? Some things are very predictable, right? They come up every single month. Other things are predictable, but they don't come up every single month. It could be once a year or a couple of times a year, like a car insurance premium that you need to kind of plan ahead for and at least know that, yeah, we kind of know these months this needs to be planned ahead for so we have enough money and we don't have to go into debt or go cash out investments or something like that just to cover normal expenses. So that's one thing to keep in mind. We also don't want to go in the hole over Christmas. What I mean by that is we don't want to go backwards. We don't want to go into debt. And we talked about that here a minute ago. Some of this is just financial maturity. And we're going to talk about some strategies around this. I don't mean that in a disparaging way, by the way, not saying that some of you are immature, but sometimes there is a financial maturity with having these things in place and just being responsible enough to know when is too much. And we can do the same thing again with eating, drinking, or just about anything in our lives, right? Is too much of one thing it can be really unhealthy. And certainly overspending can be very unhealthy if it results in us going into debt. That's one thing to keep in mind. There are ways, there are strategies around this. There are a lot of patterns of success that we know our clients that are wealthy. In other words, we know how they got there. 
And once in a while, yeah, somebody got a big inheritance or uh, they, they had some kind of a big windfall. But most of the time, our, our wealthier clients, they started with very little. They probably started with nothing. In most circumstances, people were very poor when they started out. They got a good education or they had some kind of a start where they were able to open up a business, um, something, in other words, where they worked really hard. And over years and years and years, they built something up, whether it was a 401k or a business that they were able to sell at the end, something like that. Uh, but bottom line is they put money over many, many years and that resulted in the success that they've had. Uh, most of it's not luck. In other words, most of it was very purposeful. It could be opportunities that people had that maybe somebody else didn't. But ultimately, a lot of it is just kind of consistent investing, saving, putting money away, paying off debt. And there are some specific strategies we'll hit before we're done here. If you find yourself in that position where you're saying, well, what do I do? What do I do first? We've got ways to handle that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out before we dig into the specific steps is that Murphy's Law is a real thing. If something can go wrong, it will. I'm kind of paraphrasing Murphy's Law, but if something can go wrong, it will. And that's probably really cynical, right, for me to say that. But I think for those of you who have been around for a while, and if you've had a car, if you've had a dog, if you've had a house, if you've had kids, if you've just had yourself, right, and have ever gotten sick or having something happen that you didn't expect, it's going to happen. You know, sooner or later, you may not know when, you may not even know what it's going to be, but that's just part of being human and having a financial life. You know that you're going to have some responsibilities that come up that you couldn't have possibly planned for. You just know that there are going to be things, though, that do come up. So kind of back to Murphy's Law, if something can go wrong, it will. And eventually, yeah, it probably will, right? Statistically, if you have a house long enough, you're going to have things break down. You're going to have a roof that gets destroyed by hail. You're going to have something that happens that you couldn't have possibly expected. Of course, we try to mitigate some of those things by having insurance for the things that are insurable, carrying car insurance, carrying health insurance. As financial planners, we always recommend that you have a good insurance review, and we do that for our clients along with your insurance agent. But certainly, we want to make sure that we've got enough protection. Everything can't be insured against, though. And I know, you know the thing is like, let's say your dog gets sick. There could be a couple thousand dollar bill easily that happens from a vet bill if your dog gets sick. And there is pet insurance. It's not to say that you couldn't buy pet insurance, but there are other things that you just can't predict, something you can't really protect again. So you do need to budget for that stuff. And we want to leave enough wiggle room in our situation to kind of plan for those, right? To have some money set aside. So with that in mind, we like the baby steps, stealing from Dave Ramsey or borrowing from Dave Ramsey. We actually think that he has come up with a pretty darn good framework. Um, if you've talked to us for a long, you know that we use the baby steps a lot, simply because they're so simple that anybody can follow them and people can follow them on a very small income too. So if you find yourself that you're just starting out, maybe you're somebody who just got out of college, you just got into your first career, you just really got to the point where now you're making some money and you're trying to figure out now what, now what do I do? I actually have some money that's extra each month. What do I need to do today? The first baby step is baby step number one. Uh, there's two parts to this. One of those is to have a budget, to have a plan. And you can be very detailed about it or very general about it. But having a plan is better than having no plan. I highly recommend that you use all the technology tools or a technology tool. You can't use all of them, right? Use a technology tool to help you with this. You're not having to do manual entry or spend hours and hours. This is not something that should take you a lot of time. There's a lot of things that you can do to connect accounts and things. So this is stuff is just feeding into the software or the app automatically. We do like a couple of softwares that we've tried personally, and we don't have any dog in the fight here. Financially, it doesn't matter to us which one you choose. Uh, one of those is every 
$30. That is actually a Ramsey product. If you go out to Dave Ramsey's website, uh, that one is an online software that you can use. And I think there's an app too that kind of ties into your phone if you want to use it that way. Very easy to use. We actually provide that to our Keystone employees free of charge as an employee benefit. But every dollar is a great product, um, and we, you know, we're certainly happy to visit with you about that. Another one of those is Mint out there. A lot of people use Mint. Uh, there's several other ones out there that I know are popular. Take a look at some of the technology tools. They're basically either free or they're cheap. They're not going to cost you very much money. Use that to shave off some of the time and the heartache of having to become a master budgeter. They've already done a lot of the work for you, so use one of those tools. The other part of baby step number one is having a baby emergency fund. That's getting a thousand dollars, just a thousand dollars into a separate savings account at the bank, at the credit union. Don't put it in stocks or bonds or anything like that. This is just cash. You keep the money in a checking or savings account for minor emergencies. A thousand bucks. Yeah, it's not going to cover every emergency, but it would cover for some minor things. But at least it's something that's standing in the way between you and Mr. Murphy, right? With Murphy's Law, you know that there are always going to be minor emergencies or unexpected expenses that come up. So that's a good place to start. Baby step number two, then, is the debt snowball. And it's important to tackle this one because sometimes people do have a lot of debts stacked up. You might have credit card balances, student loans, car loans, and a lot of times people do, especially when they're first starting out. Yeah, I certainly did earlier on uh, You know, in my life. I started out poor uh, with not a whole lot, right? In college, living in a crappy apartment and driving a crappy car and trying to figure out how to pay the bills each month. Uh, thankfully, you know, I'm not there anymore, right? I'm uh, further down the path, but I know for some people, they're trying to figure out how do I get out of this hole because I do have all these different debts that I've accumulated. It doesn't matter why at this point, uh, right? It's just the reality you may have some debts kind of stacked up. One thing to keep in mind is that the mortgage is a completely different kind of debt. We will address that later. So don't worry about that portion of it for right now. We're just talking about everything else. So that would include credit cards, student loans, car loans, boat loans. It could be a personal loan. It could be something that maybe a family member loaned you some money and you in other words, you you owe them. You still owe them, even though it may not be uh, a formal uh, written document that you're going to get turned into a credit agency for. But still, you know you owe the money and you've got to pay it back. Debt snowball. We've done a whole episode on this, so go back and listen if you uh, care to know the details on this one. But the debt snowball says that you take a piece of paper or a spreadsheet or whatever you want to use, but list out your debts from smallest to largest by balance. We're not talking about interest rate. We're not talking about monthly payment. We're talking about by balance. So if we use a simple example, let's say you had a $500 debt credit card, maybe a store credit card from Home Depot, and then you've got a $1,000 credit card and a $5,000 student loan, it doesn't matter what the interest rates are. And I know you'll want to argue with me on this one, right? Because you say, well, no, wait, wait, the Home Depot said they're not going to charge me any interest for the first year. Still pay off the smallest debt first because it's going to eliminate an entire debt, an entire payment. And Home Depot is not stupid either or the bank that is providing that loan because they know that when it comes time that that thing is going to start, uh, you know, coming due or start accumulating interest. They know there's going to be a certain percentage of people that had something happen in their life. Murphy's Law. You had some emergency right about the time you were going to pay that thing off. Now we've got a, a couple thousand dollar debt bill because the dog got sick and had to have some surgery 
So now we can't pay off the Home Depot debt and it's charging us 20% plus interest. This stuff happens. That's reality. It's just life. Um, so we need to kind of plan ahead for it and know that if we eliminate those smallest debts first, that is going to free up that extra money, whatever the payment was that would have been required on that. Now that's completely eliminated. That freed up more cash flow. Now we can go tackle the credit card. And after that, we can start tackling the student loans. And then after that, the car loans or whatever else you've accumulated in debt. It's really important that we do it this way because studies have shown that this is the most effective way for the average person to eliminate debt as soon as possible and get to a place of financial freedom. So the debt snowball, much more that could be said on that. Uh, Dave Ramsey's book, Total Money Makeover. And this is Dave, uh, Dave Ramsey's baby steps again. So we love to be able to, to use his teachings, right, to be able to help clients, especially people starting out to get in a better place. Baby step number three is going back now and taking that emergency fund, that baby emergency fund, that baby savings account, and actually making it a real emergency fund. Because as you know, many emergencies are things that are much more expensive than $1,000. Doesn't take that long to uh, make a list of things that could cost more than that these days, especially with inflation. But three to six months worth of living expenses is what we would recommend for the average person. And I, I do want to kind of step back for a second because you might wonder, well, I have no idea how much that should be. If you did baby step number one and you did your budget and have an idea on average what you spend per month or what your needs are per month, you should have a pretty good idea of what that is. Now, we're not talking about adding in the vacations and all that stuff. When we're talking about living expenses, the required expenses, the things that are going to come up every month, the groceries, you know, the gas in the car, the utilities, things like that, the things that you're really not going to be able to avoid. There are things that you, just to be able to live a basic life, you're going to need to have those things. So that's where we come up with the three to six months worth of living expenses, not the you know crazy extras and you know going on a nice trip to Tahiti or something like that. That would be cool, uh, but we certainly wouldn't include that in the calculation to accumulate an emergency fund. So three to six months worth of living expenses, I would say my experience as a planner for 23 years, that would cover for most people, it would cover most emergencies that people would have. Of course, we can think of things that would be far more expensive than that. But for most people, most kind of things that would come up, either emergencies, or again, something happens with the house that you just couldn't have anticipated. Now we're going to dip into that three to six months worth of living expenses, that savings account, pay for it instead of borrowing the money. And that's going to actually save you a lot of heartache now and a lot of interest that you would have had to pay now, you might say, well, but now what? I don't have the three to six months worth of living expenses. Now I, I've got to actually reaccumulate, right? And you've got to resave, you know, build that back up to that level. Or let's say that it was just a major, major emergency and I've got to take out debt. I've got to use my home equity loan. I've got to buy a car. Of course, we could debate about that, right? And it's for, well, did you really need you know, that expensive of a car? This isn't about judging you. It's just about uh, reality. I've made plenty of financial mistakes in my life. Um, I certainly was financially immature in my uh, younger years, right? And once in a while, I still do something stupid. So... It's not to say that any of us is perfect, but the reality is you want to be careful and just have this mindset that I don't want to be in debt. Once I'm out of debt, I don't want to be in debt. I'm just going to permanently live like that going forward, um, having the cash, having things built up and planned for in advance so we're not having to go out and take on debt again. Now, if you, you're not doing that, if you're just perpetually in baby step number two and you know, you're not ever paying off debts or you're going out and getting new debts, 
the banks love you. <laughs> the, the banks love you. You know, you're probably their favorite customer. If you don't have any debt at the bank, they probably don't like you very much. Um, you know, you're just not very profitable, right? Because that's kind of how they make money is based off of um, of loans, especially really high interest loans. So keep that in mind. Eventually, though, baby step number three, we, we've accumulated enough cash. We've got that emergency fund. Then baby steps four, five, six, seven, as we go on, that's the fun stuff. That's after we've gotten into a really stable financial position. And that's really kind of going back to the beginning here, avoiding the financial hangover. If you're following these steps, you're not going to have a financial hangover. You're not going to overspend, or at least it won't be unplanned. That's not to say you couldn't spend a bunch of money on Christmas presents because you had your Christmas club account, right? And you already kind of planned ahead that we're going to have a blowout Christmas. And so we're saving up this money and it's going to be a big year. Great. That There's no problem with that, right? There's zero judgment on that as far as spending the money, but having a plan and knowing that that's coming, that will fund it without having to go into debt. Other baby steps we'll get into in other episodes. And we go into copious detail, of course, on baby steps four, five, six, and different episodes. To give you a quick teaser, baby step number four is saving for the future. I'll call it the future. For many people, they say the retirement years, and it's expensive to retire. Uh, if you want to retire at a reasonable age, right, and have the ability to do that, it probably is going to require a a good chunk of money, especially if you're younger, because you're probably not relying on a pension or social security um, in your planning. So uh, know that that's got to start as early as possible. That's why we want to get out of debt, get the cash. And so we can move on to retirement planning. Maybe step number five is accumulating money for college education expenses. And there I know there's a million different ideas as far as how much you want to be able to fund or help with for kids, grandkids. Bottom line is get something set aside and have a plan to at least pay for a portion of that probably through some type of a tax-advantaged college education plan. Maybe step number six is going to be paying off that mortgage early. Ideally, you pay off your mortgage in 15 years or less. Uh, that would follow Dave's teachings exactly, that you take out a 15-year fixed mortgage, pay it off in 15, and then you are completely debt-free. And then baby step number seven, that's when we really go nuts as far as accumulating wealth. Basically, it means you're completely debt-free at that point. You've got lots of cash in the bank. You've got a budget. You've got a lot of discretionary money that can now be put into investments. I say investments generally. It could be that you're accumulating rental houses. You could be investing in stocks, all kinds of things. So I'm not recommending anything in particular when I say that. It's just you're investing in something that you expect to return out of either now or in the future. And lots of different ways we could talk about there. It's kind of beyond the scope of today. But I hope that was helpful for you. And I hope that somebody is listening to this. And I know there's a lot of people listening to it, in fact, because our downloads keep going up and up and up. And uh, we are now in the top 25% of all podcasts, believe it or not. There are a lot of podcasts out there, but uh, we have some very loyal listeners. Uh, definitely enjoy that. And thank you for uh, being on here and sharing the episodes, letting other people know what we're doing and certainly passing this on because more or less, it, it probably is going to be something that you think of somebody when you're listening to this. Maybe there's a few ideas, in other words, that you really want to pass on to somebody that you care about. And hopefully there's an idea or two that'll help you as well. So uh, we certainly want to be here as a resource, be here as a support, as certified financial planners. That's our job is to help people with their money, help people make good informed financial decisions, not to make those decisions for you, because ultimately that is you, right? You are the CEO of your own finances. You are the CEO of your own health. And just like I am and everybody else is, we've got to take responsibility for it because nobody else is going to do that for us. 
With that in mind, thank you again for being a supporter of the Wiser Financial Advisor. Uh, we love doing this. We love talking to you each week, and we certainly want your feedback as well. Uh, if you go in and give us a rating, that would be great um, on the podcast services and also sharing, click and subscribe. There's lots of different ways that will help us out uh, to help get the word out that we're doing this and continue to help people make better decisions with their money. We know that in the end, money will not buy happiness, but also not having money will not buy happiness. <laughs> so it's, it's important to recognize that building wealth and making good financial decisions, it's not necessarily about being uh, you know, a greedy Scrooge or something like that. In fact, uh, some of the wealthiest people, of course, are the ones that are giving the most. You think of uh, the richest people in the world, most of them are very generous and uh, you know, certainly funding a lot of the, the really neat things that are happening right now with helping other people that are less fortunate. With that in mind, uh, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week and God bless. We love feedback and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes and help us promote the podcast by rating us and also subscribing to us at your favorite podcast service. This episode has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.